Welcome to the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast. If you're struggling in your marriage, or maybe you're wondering if it's even salvageable, before you give up or before you let things get too hard, let us come alongside you and help you solidify your marriage. We offer biblical encouragement and insight to help you strengthen your marriage. Welcome to the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast. We're Doug and Leslie Davis, and today we're talking about empowering your spouse, supporting each other through shared trauma. And we're going to be discussing several ways where you can come alongside of your spouse and your spouse can come alongside you if you have a shared trauma in your history. And one of the things that we've seen uh, over and over again is the opportunity to come alongside one another in a very positive way that exists, it's real, but it's not always the easiest path. Sadly, the easiest path causes people to be able to drift apart because when you have a shared trauma, both of you have the potential to be not only you know traumatized, but to process information in a very different way, which then adds to the trauma because of that. One of the hardest things to do when you have shared trauma is to feel like you're able to set your trauma aside in order to come along your come alongside of your spouse. And sometimes that doesn't actually have to be a mutually exclusive thing. Like you don't have to necessarily set your trauma aside in order to help Mm -hmm. your spouse process their trauma. It's kind of like coming alongside your spouse and them supporting you and processing your trauma. And it's kind of like you're doing both at the same time. And you can go through moments where one spouse or the other has a trauma reaction that is raw and it can cause pain. And during that time, uh, it becomes particularly important for you to recognize that the the reaction, um, and we'll go ahead and refer to it as a trigger, that the, the previous traumatic event has now caused a trigger where the response doesn't necessarily fit what you're currently going through. It fits the reaction to the previous trauma. And if your spouse doesn't respond the way you do, that could be an opportunity, unfortunately, for a wedge to be driven between the two of you and your relationship. And so becoming aware of what it looks like to come alongside one another when you've gone through a shared trauma becomes even more important. Too often, and the statistics bear this out, too often if a traumatic event is a serious one, an accident or a death or something that could be really, really, really difficult, um, often, very often, it can result in the divorce of, of spouses. And I know that that's something no one ever wants. But if you just go with the flow and don't know what else to do, you could find yourself in a position where that seems like the only alternative you have. We want to give you encouragement. It's not the only alternative that you have. But there are healthier ways for you to process your shared trauma. And there's a few things to understand about like going into processing that trauma. There's a few things that... Um, being a trauma-informed spouse looks like in this situation because there's some generally some assumptions that are made if you're not a trauma-informed spouse there's some assumptions that are made that um, are are will undermine your relationship 
And so let's talk about some of those things. And it is a little bit different than if you're going through something where one spouse had been traumatized and the others coming along to assist. When the two of you have gone through a traumatic event together, um, it introduces new wrinkles to the equation that we need to address. Here's the first one. Number one, uh, because you will more than likely process information at a different rate of speed, um, it will seem like one of you is doing better than the other, or you uh, react to the trauma in a different way. Everybody grieves differently. Because of that, here's the first thing that you'll need to do as a couple. Resist the temptation to let anger win because of the differences in the way you process information. Um, if your spouse seems to be getting over what you've been through faster than you, it, it, in our flesh, it can make us feel like, you know, we should be angry because don't they care as much as I cared or didn't it affect them the way it affected me? And, and you can be angry about it. Fight the desire to let anger win. So the assumption there is that both spouses will process the trauma in the same speed mm -hmm. and they don't no. very rarely do they process the, sh the shared trauma, the experience, the situation that they experienced together that was traumatic in the same speed or in the same way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some, some of us process uh, trauma by lunging headlong into the, the things that will allow us to face our fears and move forward. And others have to have a moment and the moment may be a long moment where they avoid anything that could remind them of the trauma until they feel like they're in a healthier place. And, you know, there, there's so many differences in the way we grieve, differences in the way we process information, differences in the speed in which we move forward, that it can feel like um, a, a thing that will divide the two of you in your marriage. Don't let anger win. So what, what you can do is make sure that when you're not feeling the emotional pain of the trauma. So when you're not triggered, continually have communication about what you need and ask your spouse what your spouse needs because the reactions will be different. Yeah, I think, you know, depending on what your uh, trauma reaction is, whether it's a fight, flight, or freeze reaction, mm -hmm. Um, that that's how you processed it, or that's how your body decides what you're going to do in the midst of that danger, right? Then the fight, flight, or freeze, if your spouse has a different reaction than the fight, flight, or freeze, you know, whatever your reaction is, mm -hmm. if your spouse's is different and you assume that they should be behaving the same way that you are behaving regarding that trauma, that shared trauma, then that assumption can also lead to a bout of anger. Right, and... And also the traumatic event, you may have part of it that's shared and part of it that was not. Um, you know, it, it may be one of those things where one spouse loses their their career job. They lose the job that they've loved so very much. And as a result, the entire family goes through trauma where you lose your home and you have to move. And, you know, that's a very big traumatic event. Uh, but one spouse went through the, the loss of the job. Both spouses went through the economic hurt and losing the home and losing, you know, the, the things that were Security. associated with that. Um, so be careful not to assume, well, your trauma, the shared trauma, you know, it's not as bad as what I went through because I went through more than that. And so there, there can be lots of things that are irrational, um, 
in the midst of our hurt, but they make, you know, later we can discuss them and talk about them, but they come out as, as anger and they come out as things that would drive wedges um, between couples. And, and so just be really aware of the fact that you're not going to process things the same way. Um, if one of you went through something that was beyond what you shared, it doesn't make the hurt your spouse went through less important. There's a lot of things that can easily cause anger to be the go-to to reaction. And, you know, Leslie's seen this a lot too, where uh, things will come out as anger, but it's not really anger that's being felt. Right. No, because anger is generally a secondary emotion. Um, What's underlying it or what's motivating it is sadness, fear, or frustration. And when you're feeling like somebody is stopping you from doing something, that would be frustration. Um, if you are sad about something or or depressed about something, that can come out as anger too. Mm-hmm. Another thing that can come out as anger is fear. If we are afraid that... Um, you know, we're never going to make it through this shared trauma. We're not going to be able to be the same again. There's that fear and that can come out as anger. You know, and especially if uh, it's one of those things you don't know until you've been through a circumstance, whether your innate wired response is fight or flight or freeze. Uh, But especially if your reaction, if your go-to trauma response is fight, it can look like anger when it is in fact anger being the secondary emotion to one of those other things. Mm -hmm. Now, the the second thing for us to look at when we go through shared uh, trauma is is actually what happens a lot if your go-to reaction is flight, but it's not just if your go-to reaction is flight. It can exist in the aftermath, the post-traumatic consequences for absolutely anybody. If you as a husband and wife have been through trauma together and you were were side by side when the traumatic event happened and you're very hurt, um, sadly, that can mean that when you spend time with your spouse, it reminds you of the trauma because you were with your spouse when you went through the trauma and it can cause you to avoid spending time with one another. Because remember in the previous episode, we said that the number one response to a potential trigger is avoidance. And if the presence of your spouse is the trigger or the remembrance of that trauma, it has to be worked through very, very intentionally. You know, and and especially because you have the opportunity to be more intimate with your spouse than with any other person. Uh, That intimacy is important. We've had a couple of episodes where we looked at the fact that God created us to be intimate. He wants us to be intimate with him, but he wants us to be intimate with each other. And when we're intimate, that means we open up ourselves to all of those things that are the rawest and purest of the emotions that we experience. And if you're in post-traumatic hurt, nothing's more raw, nothing's more pure than the way you're feeling about that event. And so if intimacy with your spouse is something that, that has has always been something that draws you closer. It can be something you avoid because you just don't want to deal with that emotion that's so raw within you. Right, because of the a trigger is what you're explaining. You're avoiding the trigger mm-hmm. or the remembrance maybe of the previous trauma um, because that intimacy reminds you of the previous trauma. Right, so it could be just because you were together when it happened and being with your spouse reminds you. It could be that the intimacy is where you deal with and process your innermost thoughts and you just don't want to deal with your innermost thoughts at that moment. So what we want to challenge you to do is to continue to press in together and 
overcome that just just in the matter of pressing into it as long as you can continue mm -hmm. to press into it until your brain unassociates being with your spouse with the trauma but give each other permission to be able to push in until you can but to take a break yeah. from pushing in when when it's time to stop you want it to be a healthy experience you want it to be something that that allows you to draw closer to each other even in the midst of this particular event that could cause you to grow farther and farther apart and of course the first thing you do even i, I mean you know it, it kind of goes without saying for us but really it doesn't it's not without saying the first thing you do is to commit this process to the Lord. Yes. Cover it with prayer. Cover your spouse with prayer. Cover yourself with prayer. Because when you press into this and it is it is a remembrance of the trauma, mm -hmm. then Satan has an opportunity to come in and just infiltrate that with so many lies. And yeah. you just absolutely need the covering of the Lord and the covering of prayer in that process. Doug and I want to break in right here in the middle of this episode and tell you about a very special free resource that we've created for you. We know that most couples don't know how to begin a journey to spiritual intimacy. Some couples are just trying to stay on the journey to physical intimacy. Praying together is one of the most rewarding disciplines of spiritual intimacy. It's the cornerstone and can deepen your love for your spouse and your commitment to your marriage. And that strengthens emotional and physical intimacy. It's also one of the hardest to actually be disciplined at. You know, things come up, excuses bear weight, time gets away from us. That's why we developed this brief guide to praying with your spouse. It includes how to overcome common barriers and seven things to consider. Just as there are many reasons why it's difficult to pray together, there are equally as many ways to push through the barriers and incorporate a habit that will draw the two of you close to God and closer to each other. We know firsthand, and we're living proof that spiritual intimacy can be developed by praying with each other. To get this free guide called Praying With Your Spouse, A Brief Guide, just follow the link below. And now, back to our show. Well, because one of the things that we believe that, that unfortunately um, isn't true is something that God will counter every time. But what we believe that's unfortunately not true is, is the third thing we wanted to talk about today. Um, there's, there could be an expectation after a shared trauma that once we get through this, everything will go back to how it was mm -hmm. before. Um, mm -hmm. That's not the case. The, the traumatic event, you can be healthy like you were healthy before. You can have, you can be in a good place in your relationship, but the traumatic event is something that's now a part of your shared history. So it's never going to be like it was before the event took place. But here's the thing that we know, God tells us that, that he works all things together for the good of those who love him, who called according to his purpose. And as hard as that is, uh, when we go through a traumatic event, it is hard for us to imagine that anything good could ever come out of it uh, because the circumstance was not good. The circumstance was horrible. It was terrible. But God can work the way that you respond as a couple for good in your relationship. But you need to avoid the belief that everything will be like it was before. And I think, you know, taking the opportunity to, to um, just cover the whole process with prayer and then stepping back and saying, okay, is there 
is there a point at which we need to ask for help? Mm -hmm. um, Ron and Haley both shared with us that they are, Ron is a, a licensed therapist and Haley is a life coach, a certified life coach. Mm -hmm. They're skilled at coming alongside of people and helping them through their traumatic events. And that's just a reminder that there may be times when this process is too raw, it's too triggering to, to press into it yourself, and it may be an opportunity for someone else to come alongside of you and help you through this process. Well, and, and one of the other reasons why we need to just acknowledge that things will never be exactly like they were before um, that's part of the avoidance response that mm. Leslie talked about earlier, trying to pretend it never happened to something that's just not realistic. The question instead becomes, what is it that we can do to be able to actually move forward in spite of this? Not as if it never happened, but in spite of it. What are the things that, that can happen in our relationship and in our lives that can make us better even though this circumstance is a horrible thing that we wish we'd never had to go mm -hmm. through. And I think the key word there is better. I think just setting a goal that we're going to come out on the other side of this better, stronger, more connected, more intimate than what we were before is, is really a good goal to set or even just a good mindset to have mm -hmm. because, um, you know, the Lord doesn't, he redeems the things that we go through that are traumatizing, that are, that are um, adverse, are adverse situations. And one more thing that I'd like to share with any of you who have gone through shared trauma is this. Be able to continue to communicate with one another even when you're thinking things through and you haven't come to a conclusion. You're just thinking out loud. Be able to do that together so that you can come alongside one another and, and share the, the raw nature of what you're feeling in such a way that eventually you'll be able to go from where you currently are hurting to a place where you are able to, to overcome the hurt together. And again, not that it goes away, but that you're able to overcome it together. So if there's something that, you know, I, I really don't like the circumstance so much that, that I don't want to do the things I used to love to do, share that with your spouse. There's no one else who could possibly understand the things that you're dealing with that cause you hurt better than your spouse. And in shared trauma, that becomes doubly true because they also went through the trauma with you. But let, let them know what you're dealing with. And I think one thing to remember as you're processing this and talking to each other about this, one thing to keep in mind is that while you both experienced the same situation, mm -hmm. you're both going to have different points of view on it. And it's it's a different, um, not just a different point of view, but different feelings about it. Mm -hmm. And be able to sit with your spouse and, and possibly kind of take in their point of view and how they feel about it and vice versa, so that you have an understanding that this shared trauma may have affected your spouse differently than it affected you. And as you continue to have that communication, you're going to find something that's a little bit strange, but I want to encourage you through it. You're going to find out that the way that you felt about it, now it's a couple months later, you're talking about how you felt about it, and the description of how you felt is starting to change. And it, it could be frustrating. You say, well, that's not 
you know, the way that, you know, a month ago, that's not how you said you felt about it. Now you're feeling a different way. Let me encourage you. Very often, that's the process of healing. Mm -hmm. It looks a little different. And it's not that one uh, feeling replaced the other, but now you're able to express the other things that were going on. And so continue to have that communication. Understand that there's going to be things that are going to look a little different as you move through the process. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that, you know, you've changed the way you felt about it. It's the process of healing that you get to go through together. Mm -hmm. And remember, if you're feeling stuck, it's okay to reach out for help. No matter who you are. Um, again, we were so blessed to be able to hear from Ron and Haley yeah. Wood. And as Leslie mentioned, you know, Ron uh, is, is a counselor and, and Haley's a life coach and they have sought help from others as well. And so just understand no matter who you are, what you're going through, it's okay. If, if God wants to bring somebody alongside you to help, make sure that you're prayerfully looking at what time God's timing is on getting help if you need it and realizing getting help doesn't mean that there's some kind of a weakness in you. What it means is you're willing to humble yourself to the fact that God's got something better than where you currently are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't have anything to add to that. And so today we have looked at how to empower your spouse as you've gone through shared trauma. We want to encourage you. Uh, just dig in to the opportunity to share these, these opportunities with your spouse as you work through your grief, as you work through the, the things that you're dealing with. Don't be afraid to get help. And most of all, seek after God's leading. We're Doug and Leslie Davis. This is the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast, and we're praying that God will solidify your marriage.